1: I think I
0: think the perception of Colombia and especially like in countries like New Zealand, it was before, it was one before narco's and one after narco's.
2: People to make conversation with you and be funny, they say, hey, you have some cocaine in your pocket?
0: Take things like, I love you forever. Since, since the moment I see you, that was, I, I'm, I'm going to stop loving you. No matter what happens, I'm going to hell and heaven with you. So you grew up with that. So that's part of who you are.
1: Colombia. Few other South American countries are steeped in cliché the way Colombia is, particularly in recent years. Now Auckland's home to a sizable diaspora, and given my long-standing romance with many things Colombian, I thought it was time to share what the community here have to say about some of the notions and clichés they find themselves faced with here in New Zealand. Ana Ruiz and Marlon Ortiz volunteered to have a chat with me on Here Now this week, so welcome to part two of our conversations around cultural clichés. My name's Kadam Kumar, and what was called Voices last year is back now, and we're called Here Now where I'm bringing you stories from diaspora from all around the world here in New Zealand. So let's get into it.
2: Uh, my name is Anna. I'm from Bogota. I came here to study English, to improve my English. Initially, I thought like uh, six months. And then I decided to stay here and make New Zealand my home. And you're an engineer. Yes, I'm an engineer. And I started here like a waitress because no English at all. Um, and then I started to study. I decided to study something different. I did a diploma in digital marketing. I started looking for some entry level in digital marketing. I couldn't find it. Then I started to do what I was doing back in Colombia that was analysis and data analysis.
0: My name is Marlon. Um... I came to New Zealand ten years ago, I'm a professional in performing arts, from Cali, and I came here with my two children and my ex-wife, my now ex-wife, We came here because my ex-wife was studying her PhD, and after a while we decided to stay, and we call New Zealand home as well.
1: Anna is Bogotana, and Malone has spent a bit of time there as well. Home to about seven million people, one of the highest capitals in the world and a rich art scene, I love Bogotá. Although it's not the capital of dance, it's got a charm of its own.
2: I think people don't know about Bogotá. People know about Medellín. And they think that Medellín is the capital of Colombia. Because the movie, because something about Pablo Escobar and all of this, they think that Medellín is the capital of Colombia. When you say Bogotá, they are surprised. It's like, uh, where is that?
1: So there's the universal notion that all Colombians are salseros and salseras. Do both of you dance salsa? I do. Yes, I do. Do all Colombians dance salsa?
0: I wouldn't say that all Colombians dance salsa, but salsa, it's part of... How that you, are you growing up? There is a lot of we celebrate everything in Colombia. Most of the people will celebrate everything with parties, like um, you know, it's birthday party, and we dance and um, uh, everything we do, we do. And when you're a child, you grow up in parties, like you fall asleep in chairs, and they just leave you there. <laughs> the s- salsa was like kind of <laughs> developed at the, the periphery of Colombia, like it was on the Caribbean coast, Medellin and Cali, which is like on the outside of the Colombia. The salsa was really, really important, and then actually we have a lot of like really important artists from 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 that area, like Joe Arroyo, Grupo Nietzsche. Uh, so there, there's like a really it's important in that area. But in Bogota, uh, that's the stereotype number one. They are no, they, they don't, don't dance. Don't know much.
1: how to dance. <laughs> they
0: don't know. Because, I suppose because of the cold, Bogota is really well, cold. isn't that all a year bigger round. reason
1: to dance then?
0: No, it's especially rain. a couple dance. It's like it's I don't know. It's like wintering wintering in Oakland. Winter You're like oh maybe I stay home. I don't know. But that's a stereotyping. But, but uh, people don't dance much, and they're not good
1: at dancing. Okay, and then there's this lesser-known aspect. Not everything in Colombia ends and begins with salsa. There are all these other varieties like vallenato and this rich Afro-Colombian form of music too that's playing in the background.
0: Salsa and merengue and vallenato like from the beginning. Even though we we grew up with all the Caribbean uh, sounds like salsa and merengue, it was part of the whole country but but that african element is really important like is it's an uh, and it's more present in the coast and the pacific coast and the atlantic coast element that we don't have in the mountains it's not there as present it's not as present which is what i think is vital to understand how the, everything works in colombia the african element
1: so nacos i mean are you always having to explain to people that look it's nothing like that anymore what about this whole the whole cartel business i mean
0: <laughs> yeah, it's. It, I think. I think the, per, the perception of Colombia and especially like in countries like New Zealand, it was one before Narcos and one after Narcos. Narcos gave them like an idea of what Colombia was in the '90s and the story about Pablo Escobar and all that, and the myth of Pablo Escobar. Um, but yeah, that's that's mostly what. Like, I when I meet people in the states where you were from from Colombia, I saw the show Narcos, and they talk about that and how Pablo Escobar, was it was it like that. Um, and I would say, yeah, yes, it was we were worse than what you saw. I was, it was terrible. It was really bad. Like it was really dangerous. I was afraid to go out of the street. It was a really bad time. But that was basically, 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 it. What the, the, all the concepts they have about Colombia, drugs. Yeah, that's the common thing. That's the usual thing.
2: People to uh, make conversation with you and be funny. They say, hey, you have some cocaine in your pockets. Because they think that this is funny, but for us, like a Colombian, this is really hard time. It's not a joke. It's something that we have been a stereotype. We need visa for every, everywhere. A cows, Pablo Escobar. Then for us, it's not a joke. It's not nice when people say, ah, your last name is Escobar? Oh, are you cousin? Are you <laughs> uncle? Is your father? It's not a joke. Oh, so you mean they're not related? No. I'm <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: I, I have used it. No, he was—he was my uncle, and I'm escaping from that. I'm like, what? Sometimes I, I use it. Yeah. Sometimes I use it.
1: But things are different now.
0: Yes and no. Uh, but it was not just—I don't think it was just Pablo Escobar. There was—I remember that in the '80s and '90s, there was a lot of um, Colombian uh, migration around the world. And you will hear a lot of stories of, like you say, like there was a bank robbery in Germany, uh, and you were like, oh, 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 there was Colombians involved, mm. and that uh, you will hear those stories everywhere. And I think it was part of like that—that that was the diaspora of Colombia in the eighties and nineties, looking for a better options, and then, like, kind of the, the, that that thing, like, now where we're replaced by other. People, but in other countries are going through what we went through in the 80s and 90s for example people from Venezuela you hear that things like it's complicated in it's the diaspora so for the Colombians actually it's it's a we' are in a better position worldwide you know, we can we're allowed to travel more in the 80s and 90s it was almost impossible to leave the country they wouldn't give us the American visa and they will like we were not really restricted um, but in that in that aspect we' are, we, are, we are better the country after Pablo Escobar, like it's complicated, it's changed, but there's still the money from the cartels and all that.
1: And then there's those clichés around Colombian melodrama, men oozing charm and romance, and pursuit being the fuel of everyday life. You know, I love a good gender-related question. Yeah. Of course, men and women. Colombian men—they're all—they're all about their women. Charming. Do you mm. know, true or not true?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it comes from the culture Like we, we grow up watching these telenovelas For example The telenovelas, they, they, the characters are really passionate And they say things like I love you forever Since, since the moment I see you that was, I, I'm, I'm going to stop loving you No matter what happens I'm going to hell and heaven with you So you grew up with that So that's part of who you are Right? And New Zealand men grow up with rugby and like that's all <laughs> I'm sorry but it's true. Like we, we it's different culture, it's part of our culture. And the songs we sing, the music, it's more about like this ideal love of, you know, I give you all my life and like and I think it's, it's part of that.
1: Okay, so now as a woman and someone who loves all things Colombian, I remember being asked when I came back here what exactly I got up to in Colombia. Because, you know, I didn't exactly come back with any new curve enhancements. Yep, just another one of those notions, but is it actually true?
2: Yes, it's true. Oh, <laughs> it is? Wait a second, it we're is. busting stereotypes here. It is, here. but it's not like that. Everyone has, but everyone goes to Colombia because it's cheaper and it's um, professional. Then, you know, if you go to Colombia, you are safe. Ah, Depends where you go. But yes, most of the people go for dentist appointment. Mm. They go for everything about medical and beauty. They go to Colombia because it's cheaper. And you know that you get the things right. Then probably, yeah, the stereotype is like, uh, oh, Kirby and perfect and silicone and all of this. But no, everyone. I met one one friend here. She was from Mexico, and she said to me, "Oh, you are from Colombia? Where are your silicon? You know, it's like
0: color, huh. You know, from Colombia. Yeah, you
2: are <laughs> not like Col- Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. don't look like Colombia. Like uh, okay, not every Colombia is.
0: And and it, what is interesting is that, that that stereotype of woman that that was brought by the by the narcos. That was the type of woman they loved, like the big boobs and big ass. And we had a lot of literature about how. They will pay women to have that, to have surgeries. So there was a lot of, there was a whole generation at the end of the 80s and the 90s of young women who wanted to be part of that culture, like because it was easy money, and and they would get those surgeries. So that became a lot of like the the ideal of woman, and we see it. There, like the mannequins, for example, there is a lot. I know, I don't know if you saw the mannequins, the woman mannequins, they're like I big boobs and I didn't big ass. did Really, strong, really
2: curvy. Yeah, really are curvy. It?
0: And uh, part of part of what you see, the mannequins are like really big boobs, really big ass, with a really tiny waist. So it's it's like this imaginary of the of the woman, the ideal woman for a certain type of people.
2: I, I would say, like a, in Colombia, is really important beauty, how you looks. This is really, really important. You cannot go to sneaker to work. No, you need to stray hair, your nails done, yeah. your makeup done, yeah. because it's important how you look. Yeah. But mm. I think now it's changing. Yeah. The brain is important as well. <laughs> no, no yeah, way. No. <laughs> really
0: not. <laughs> and it was Who a cultural shock for me, for example, seeing people and seeing women and men, like going to the supermarket, for example, in pajamas. You will never see something like that in Colombia. Like, if you go to the dairy uh, on the corner of your house, or just one block from your house, people will have to, you know, get dressed and get, you know, the come and like, we're dressed to go there. Just go there. They will never go out no, leave the house without taking a shower or just something. That's just any kind of grooming they have to you have to do you have to do something otherwise like huh, what are they going to think about me like yeah so it's really important how you're perceived by others in that aspect yeah
1: stereotyped way too much or not colombians pride and love for their country is infectious and there's a lot to be proud of and even from as far as new zealand ana and malon vouch for it
2: i think people confuse colombia with mexico they think we like spicy food they men have mustache oh, and yes. like yeah, we like all uh, mariachis, but we are totally different. We have different culture, different food. We are not spicy at all. Um, we have different kind of landscape from the cold cold until the ocean, different ocean, the Pacific and the Atlantic. and. Nobody knows about that until they visit us and they saw that we are totally different what they thought. That it's not just Medellin or it's not just Cartagena. It's more about that. Probably when they go to Eje Cafetero, they get surprised about the, all the mountains that we have, all the green that we have, all the rivers, all the birds, variety of animals.
0: It's an amazing place to visit.
2: It might encounter some of the
1: above stereotypes or not.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I would invite everyone (laughs) to come and visit Colombia and see by yourselves.
1: Colombianos Marlon Ortiz and Ana Ruiz with me on Here Now, helping us understand their hermoso país Colombia through unpacking some clichés. Follow Here Now on Spotify and all your favourite podcast platforms. We're going to be continuing with this theme next week. My name's Kadamri Kumar and every week I make an episode of Here Now featuring people from all around the world who live here. We're also going live for the first time at Auckland's Q Theatre with some amazing guests. I'm talking to thespian Jacob Rajan of Indian Ink Theatre on the 8th of Feb, so come join our audience. You can get your tickets at the Q Theatre website. Today's episode was mixed by Jeremy Wheel, and I'm Kaden Ragukumar.